Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Any Crows fans here? Yeah, there's a few eh? coming out of the woodwork. I said to a couple of people, I'm not on the bandwagon yet. Takes a few wins. I'm bruised from last year, so, you know. But uh, we'll see what happens, won't we? Anyway, just if you don't care about footy, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not a big issue. Life goes on. Yeah. Well, let's just pray before we share together. Lord, we just ask that you would speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we ask you to come and move. Come and speak to our hearts. Come and uplift our hope and our vision to see more of you. And we pray that you would come and empower us. You would come and speak to us. You would give us fresh vigor, fresh life, fresh vision. And everything that you intend for this morning, we pray that you would release upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Well, as most of you will know, um, from time to time, I, I tackle the topic between the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of us humans. And they are two sometimes opposing uh, theological doctrines, if you like. We have the sovereignty of God, the power of God. He controls everything. And on the other hand, we have our free will and our responsibility to do something. And these are two um, very, very um, important topics, and it's good to explore these things. I don't so much want to dig into those in particular today, but I want to talk about what I've called a graceful tension, because I think that between these two things, the sovereignty of God and the free will or the responsibility of us humans, really is all about a graceful tension between the two. Kind of like a set of old weighing scales where you would put certain amount of weight on one side and an equal amount of weight on the other side. This is what I see is a graceful tension between these two uh, ways of thinking. And you know what? They are both right. They are both right. The truth is God is sovereign. He is in control. He, he knows every hair on our head. He knows what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. He's gone before us and made ways for us. But at the same time, we operate in a free will. We operate with a free will. We can choose to go left or right, uh, but he knows which way we're going to go. And so this is something we will never get our heads fully around. So if you are a, a logical thinker and you like doing your research, you can research um, the, the, the doctrine of irresistible grace until the cows come home, but there may still be a little bit that we just don't understand. And so uh, this is the mysterious ways of God. And I have uh, my own theology that actually leaves a whole lot of unknown things in the bucket of God's mysteries. Like end times for me is just in a massive bucket. God's mysteries. I have no idea. The older I get, I have less idea. Some people are so certain about what's going to happen and they have no idea because the Bible says that we don't know. 
He's going to come like a thief in the night. None of us who have ever come home to a robbery have ever expected it. We never thought it would happen, but it happens. That's how Jesus is going to return for you and for me. We're not going to expect it. We don't know the hour or the day. And so why spend a lot of time exhausting energy on arguments or even sort of worrying about it? We can't change it. He's going to come back when he's going to come back. And so I I think that um, I want to share uh, in and around, it's a very, very short verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, 3. I haven't got it up on the, the board because it's so quick. And, uh, and, he, and it says, though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, wait for it. And uh, you may be in a situation right now in your life where you're still waiting. You know what? You're in good company. You're in very, very good company. If you're waiting for the promise, if you're waiting for breakthrough, if you're waiting for something good to begin to happen, you are in good company. Because all of us have desires that are unfulfilled. All of us have things that seem like a carrot, just a little far off, dangled ahead of us. But it's that graceful tension that draws us to it. I want to read a, a quote from Oswald Chambers. He says, about this particular passage, though it tarries, wait for it. We cannot bring the vision to fulfillment through our own efforts, but we must live under its inspiration until it fulfills itself. See, that's, that's this graceful tension, isn't it? That we actually have, we can't really do anything about some of this stuff, but you know what we can be is drawn to it by the inspiration of God. And we can walk in the promise even though we haven't seen the fullness of it. Uh, Can I give you one last? No, it won't be one last. Can I give you another sheep analogy? Are you you okay with that? If you're sick of them, you may walk out now and go and get a coffee. Um, the, The last, no one's walking out, so I'm just going for it, okay? And I can't see anyone anyway. Jared put in new lights this week, so I don't even know if anyone's there, but... Anyway, you're looking good and sounding good. No, I'm just kidding. It, I can't actually see people. But uh, these last couple of days, um, I've had a funny little drama going on. And um, all along, Karen was actually right, okay? So um, it's just, <laughs> let's just let's just get that out of the way right up front. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't be surprised. Exactly. But, uh, you know... I mean, I, I'm a bit stingy in my own sort of way. I don't like paying for food for our sheep. They don't make us any money. They don't do anything. They just poop and wee and eat and bar all the time. And so, you know, that, that there's not actually any generation of benefit. And we're vegan, so we can't even eat the things. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's good. I feel like Seinfeld, you know, just, just, let's just draw some stuff out. But some of you don't even know who he is. <laughs> anyway, I put up a, um, you know, what, what I thought was a decent sort of offense uh, a few months ago, you might remember, weeks ago, months ago, I can't remember now. Anyway, to put the sheep in, or some of our sheep, in this area with heaps of feed in it. And it's free. So I put up the fence and, and Karen says, listen, if they get out of there because they're probably going to, I don't even want to know about it. Just basically fix it. And if you lose some, replace them. That's, that's all I care about. Don't even tell me. So for the last couple of days, without Karen knowing, 
of course, they found their way out. And, um, and yesterday it came to the point where the neighbours were up in checking. That our, we have a street farm Facebook thing if you've got lost animals, which I'm pretty regular on there. Um, you know, come and get them. So, you know, the neighbours say, okay, they're in the paddock next door. I'm like, okay, all right, this is cool. I can do this. I grab the trailer and go down. And, and they just didn't want to go in the trailer. They, nothing was working. Normally they go for anything, spinach, anything green. They'll come, they'll do anything. But they just weren't doing it. So I called the boys um, and uh, I called them down and they uh, rode down on the, on the motorbike and, and so we're getting it all set up. And, um, and so I'm like, this is good. Three of us can get this thing in because I'd already been going for about 45 minutes trying to get them in and beginning to tire. And, and so we're, you know, we're corralling them in and, and trying and they're getting through because by this time they were shaken. They were a little bit um, scared. They knew what we were trying to do. And so we're, you know, we're trying to push them in and they're running through and I'm falling over and the boys are laughing at me and I'm beginning to go, okay, this is not fun anymore. And, um, you know, I've got a couple of bruises. My left butt cheek is bruised this morning, would you believe, from falling over on, because chasing these things. But um, anyway, so eventually, I mean, we're diving. I'm actually sore from this. You can feel sorry for me soon. Um, But... um, And it got to the stage where we just began to grab them, dive on them, and throw them in. Um, So we got four of them in. There's one left, the ram. And he's not easy. He's a big fella. And so after, I don't know, another half an hour, we're just like, forget it. So we just left him in this paddock. Uh, Actually, by then, he'd already found his way out of the paddock. Um, That's right. And just wandering. And we had to go out. We had to do some stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put his buddies, the four... Um, into a decent paddock close by, give them some feed um, and just hope that the right thing happens. Normally a ram will protect, you know, his fellow workers and, um, and uh, you know, over time uh, find his way in. So, you know, we went to bed last night. He had disappeared. He was gone. And so I've got them in there. I threw some carrots in there. I'm just like trying to get them to make some noise to draw him in. Anyway, wake up this morning, long story short, and I look out the window and I'm like, he's back in the original paddock. He's, he's looking at me, laughing at me. The paddock that they originally escaped out of through the broken section of fence, he'd found his way in and he's just looking at me, barring away, uh, you know, just saying, it wasn't hard. <laughs> I just found my way in. And uh, so anyway, I went this morning and just, you know, repaired up the fence. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks, okay? I'll keep you posted. But do you know what hit me? I'm thinking about this and I'm, you know, still getting over it, but I'm thinking about it and I'm like, isn't it amazing? The irresistible grace of God. He will draw you and me into the right paddock at the right time whenever he wants to. That is the sovereignty of God. Irresistible grace Irresistible grace is a powerful force of the love of God that no man can stop. No one can stop. No movement, no agenda, no politics, no nothing can stop the irresistible drawing of God. And yet we in our stubbornness sometimes, just like me, we we try and fight it. We're trying to force things to happen, force things to happen. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen all the while if we will yield the irresistible grace of God will come and do something. 
And sometimes this graceful tension between the two, our efforts, our free will, and God acting in and of his own accord, is a really, really frustrating tension. But you know what's right in the middle of that is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom will know whether to use the left hand or the right hand. Do I pull this lever or do I just do nothing? Do I stand in faith and decree something and and believe for it? Or is God closing a door? Sometimes we try and beat down doors that he closed long ago. Other times he'll want to begin to open things that we're not willing to go through. But listening to his voice, listening to his voice will draw us into the irresistible grace of God. And that irresistible grace of God will lead us and guide us and speak to us and draw us into the will. Though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will come. It will come. It will come. And uh, let's start reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the race with perseverance marked out before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from us sinners, so that you will not grow weary. Interesting that this is a good example of that graceful tension, the sovereignty of God and the free will of us humans. And what do I mean by that? If we look here, God knew exactly what was going to happen. He had ordained everything that was going to happen, the Father to the Son. And he allowed him to go through all of that. Why? Because there was a purpose in it. It was that so that you and I can live in this irresistible grace. So he allowed free will. He allowed there to be opposition. There was opposition to Jesus even in this time. And God the Father was there. He'd ordained this. He had somehow masterfully crafted this. And yet people had operated in a free will given by God, that free will. And they had done stuff. But God had ordained it so that the grace of God could be glorified. Get your head around that. You never will. It's like this. It's just reciprocal. It keeps going around and around and around. But the irresistible grace of God surpasses everything. Surpasses everything. Because ultimately, he created everything and he will close everything out. And those who have, using their free will, those who choose him, he will choose us. And his desire is that all would come into his family and be in heaven. But those who enact, turn on their free will and say yes to Jesus, they will be part of his kingdom family forever in eternity. And it's, it's an incredible tension that we have. And it's one of those things we'll never fully get our head around. I can't understand to this day why you can have a meeting with thousands of people or hundreds of people and you can hear the same message, the same gospel. Some respond and some don't. That's the free will of humans. The free will of humans. Our responsibility is to respond to his grace. His irresistible grace is all-powerful, all-knowing and ever-present. It's all around us. His power is all around us, but it's up to us by free will to respond. 
And it's the same thing to his calling. It's the same thing every day. We have a free will to say, yes, God, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to live for you. It's exactly that same free will. If we say no, we are resisting his grace. We are resisting his power. We are probably resisting blessing. We're resisting blessing. God only wants to bless us. I mean, all that time I'm out there trying to push these things and get these things into the the trailer so I can put them in a good paddock with a whole lot of food. But it didn't work. It took his irresistible grace to draw him in. And he just, again, he just looked at me and laughed this morning. Sometimes God is watching us and he is laughing because we're trying so hard. We're trying so hard to make it happen. And all the while, he just wants to draw us in. Sometimes we have to yield and let go. Other times we have to just believe. Sometimes we have to press through in prayer. Sometimes we have to enact things. But when we hear his voice, he will draw us in. And he will never let you down. He will never send you into a paddock with no feed. He will always provide a solution. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 to 8 says... For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, to build up, to weep, to laugh, to mourn, to dance, to cast away stones and gather stones, Uh, a time to embrace and a time to not embrace, maybe under COVID. But sometimes, sometimes we've got to be in tune with the now voice of God so we don't operate under the yesterday voice of God. Because if we're not current with our relationship with Jesus, we might keep acting like it was 10 years ago, like it was 1999. I think there's a song written that says that, you know. We don't want to be in past moves of God thinking we're in a current move of God. We want to be current with his voice, listening to his voice today and tomorrow because he's saying new things all the time. It's, it's one of those things that it's, it's great hearing stories of the past. And I still love hearing stories of the past. But I'm telling you, it's not going to do it for today's world just to keep rattling off the old revival stories of past as much as we love them. We need to hear God's voice and plan for now, for today. Because for every season, there is a time. And we need to recognize that this graceful tension operates and we have to be in tune with him so we know, okay, is it that way? Is it that way? Which way do I navigate this one? Which weapon do I use? Uh, I like the phrase that sometimes we use a hammer when we should have used a feather. This is when we're talking to people, confronting people. Sometimes we just need to use a feather, not a hammer. Other times we might need to, you know, use the word of God or use some truth or or whatever it is. But God needs to give us daily wisdom so we know how to navigate this thing called life. And when we are in tune with his voice, we are in tune with wisdom. When we are current, we will have the now word for the situation going on around us. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. This is a perfect verse that summarizes everything I said. He kind of just, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, 
oxymoron sentence. You know, and it goes back and forth. It's his grace. No, I'm working hard. No, it's his grace. No, I'm pressing in. It's his grace. It's both. And when we understand both, we can walk in an authority of knowing that we're going to do the best we possibly can, but ultimately, God, we need you. And this is, this is my prayer, our prayer, when it comes to moves of God, revival, awakening. Uh, we, we so long for God to awaken us, awaken us as a people so this region, so this city can be shaken and changed and transformed and, and thousands come to know him. And, and we believe that and we long for that. But at the same time, we have two hands, a mouth, two feet generally, and, uh, and, and we've been given certain amounts of free will and responsibility to do something with what he's given us. And this is like this graceful tension I'm talking about because we could be in prayer meetings seven days a week, 24-7, praying for revival and, and, and saying, Lord, come. And all the while he might be saying, hang on, take me to your workplace. Take me to your region and, and see what we can do together. Because that graceful tension, I'm not saying we're not going to do that. We won't throw the baby out with bathwater and not pray. We'll pray. We've increased our prayer for awakening and revival as a church, as a family. And, and we want to see that all the more. But, but at the same time, he's still got his hand out saying, come on, come on. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so this graceful tension will lead us by inspiration I love how Oswald Chambers says that. I'm going to read his quote again. We cannot bring the vision to fulfillment through our own efforts, but we must live under its inspiration until it fulfills itself. We are inspired by God. We are inspired by Jesus. We're inspired by that death and resurrection and that longing and that, that everlasting desire that we have for truth and for Jesus Christ. But all the while, we walk inspired because of that. We walk inspired. We talk inspired because of the cross, because of eternity. And if you've ever felt like you aren't good enough, it's okay. It's all about him anyway. And remember, there's a time and a season. There's times you'll feel powerful. There's times you'll feel weak. So if you're feeling weak, it's okay. Fall on his irresistible grace. And there's other times where he's saying, come on, it's time to get up and do something. It's time to start moving. It's time to start uh, doing whatever I've called you to do. And that's the times where he begins to, you know, stir us to fresh new things. And his irresistible grace draws us into that too. So God is in control. He is sovereign, but he wants you and me to participate in his kingdom works. And for some reason, he's selected us. For some crazy reason, you are chosen. If you've heard his voice and you've responded to Jesus, you are in what the Bible calls his elect. You have been elected for heaven. You have been elected for eternity. Get your head around that one. It's a whole different ballgame. But you've been elected for heaven. You've been selected for eternity. God chose you for a reason. He chose you for a purpose and not just to be idle, not just to, to worry about all of life's cares and worries, but actually to fulfill his kingdom plan for your life here on earth, to be a witness for him, to do whatever we've got resources to do for him. Time is short. Life is short. Jesus is coming soon. Did you know that? He's coming soon. Uh, it, I, I, I love that. I love that thought. And then I remember that, hang on, the disciples thought he was coming literally in days and weeks and months. And so who knows? 
we were watching a movie last night that was set in 2257, and I'm like, that is a long time away. Who knows? Who knows when Jesus is coming? We have absolutely no idea. No idea. But he is coming. He's coming for his bride. And in the meantime, his irresistible grace is drawing you into a deeper relationship with him. Because he loves us. He loves you. And he has called you to greatness. He's called you to great things. This is not just mantras. He actually loves you. And it's a funny sort of thing what a father will do. Even a shepherd who doesn't always like his sheep will still chase them down. Because he wants him in his paddock. He doesn't want them straying, going, eating the wrong food and stuffing up his life and doing all sorts of other things. He actually wants that grace to abound, to abound. And that's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves us. The irresistible grace of God. I believe he's probably even this day, he's probably already wooing you and me into new things. He's already trying to draw us into that greater grace, that greater awareness of his goodness, of his love, even of his power, believing for that next thing. Can you believe him for that promise? Can you believe him for what is ahead of you? Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will come. It will come. And he already knows. He's already ordained stuff. Sometimes it just means us saying yes. I want to encourage you, say yes to whatever he's leading in. It is a whole lot easier when a ram finds his own way. It's a whole lot easier. But sometimes God will put all sorts of things around to get our attention. He's done it, you know, most of my life. It's like sometimes there's flashing lights and I'm too dumb to see the flashing light or just too stubborn. But we can all be like that. Yield of any stubbornness and it is an easier way. Fall into, be inspired by his irresistible grace into the next chapter of your life, into the next chapter of your calling. What has he put ahead of you? What has he put in your heart? What has he put right ahead of you to fulfill right now? Because God has given you things. He's given you prayers that no one else can pray. He's given you gifts and talents that no one else has. I want to encourage you. Enact upon them, fulfill them, be inspired by them because His grace abounds for you and for me. And He's all around us. He's ever present. That's what the Bible says, all around us. So even though we've got worries and cares and distractions, He has plenty of resources at His fingertips to give you and me. Sometimes we need to just yield and say, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to do whatever you've shown me. I don't quite know how this thing's going to work out, but I know you're in control. And that's his irresistible grace working on our free will, drawing us by inspiration of the Spirit of God into the greater things. God has called you to greater things. Do you know that? He's called you to greater things. Whatever yesterday looked like, whatever last year looked like, it's great. But he's called you to greater things. Start believing for more. I want to encourage you with that today. Start believing for more. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily do anything, but start believing for more because us Christians sometimes, we suffer from this disease called settling and we forget how good God really is. We forget how powerful he is. We forget how powerful the gospel is. We, we do get into routine and ruts and we all do it from time to time. But I want to remind you, he's all around you. 
He's with you and he wants more in your life because he is an all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. And a God like that can surely do stuff with you and me. He can shake this region. Who knows what prayers we can utter that will break things open. And so I want to encourage you, be inspired by the vision that may not be here yet, but be inspired by Jesus because though he tarry, he will come. And when we sit under the inspiration of the fact that he is coming for us, then that helps us step by step believe for more. Go for more. Believe for more. What does it look like in your life when you begin to open the doors to more? When you begin to pray bigger prayers? You know what? Over, over our lifetime and 11 years in ministry and even a decade before that in voluntary ministry, we've prayed a lot of prayers just like you. Some have been answered and some haven't. And I can't answer the the question of why some do and some don't. But all I know is that inspiration of Jesus Christ is enough to pull anyone through. It's enough to pull anyone through. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. Just look at Jesus. Look at Jesus and he will get you through. Look at Jesus and he will give you a bigger vision. Get a bigger understanding of what it looks like with your life partnering with a great big God. Because we have an incredible God. And he has all the resources you need to get through. He has all the resources you need to begin to do greater things. Greater works, the Bible talks about. Greater works greater works. He's called you and me to greater works. Let's believe and step into by the inspiration of his irresistible grace into greater works, greater works. I want you to stand this morning. Lord, we just pray that you would draw us into your greater things that you have for us as a church family with multiple campuses and, and, and people all in this region in the south. Lord, we pray that you would give us your vision and your heart. And those same prayers that we've prayed for many years, we keep praying, Lord. We say, come and awaken this region. Come and awaken us. Come and awaken us to what it looks like to live under the inspiration of Jesus Christ, to the greater things of the King, the greater things of the King. I believe he's calling some of us even now. Maybe we've been sitting a while. Maybe we've been disappointed. We've got fears. We've got hesitations. I want to encourage you this morning. You don't have to do anything other than yield your heart to him. Let go of disappointment. Let go of stresses. Let go of fears. Let go of stuff, baggage that's got in the way and walk afresh with him. You might not have the answers to all the stuff. It's okay. We'll probably never have the answers to some of that stuff. But don't let it prohibit you from being inspired by Jesus, walking an inspired life. Don't let the past ruin the future. Because we are partnered with a big God. We are partnered with an amazing Holy Spirit who is our advocate, who is our counsellor. And he has the power to crush our enemies. He has the power to crush those fears and anxieties. So let go of them today and walk out of this place free. Walk out of this place free of that stuff. Don't keep walking with baggage. All it does is weigh us down. It doesn't weigh other people down. It weighs us down. 
Let go of the baggage. Lay it at the foot of the cross today. Lay it at the foot of Jesus and begin walking in inspiration of him. Inspiration of the cross. You may not get your fullness of the vision today, but it's okay. You begin to walk in that fresh faith, fresh faith and fresh vigor because Jesus died for that stuff. He died for that stuff. And he wants us to be renewed and transformed into his likeness. So we pray, Holy Spirit, you would come today and that you would renew us afresh in your word, in your power, in your spirit. You would give us fresh vision of what it looks like to operate in your grace. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come, that you would empower us this week with greater knowledge, greater works, greater awareness of the kingdom of heaven and your power and presence all around us. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Awesome. Bless you guys. 